0: Hi folks, it's time to put your mouse ears on for the mouse ears podcast with Brooks, Kara, Kelton, and Steph, where we discuss all things travel, but mostly Disney. Brought to you by Fairytale Journeys Travel. everyone, to the Mouse Ears Podcast. I am one of your wonderful, spectacular hosts tonight. Uh, And with me, we have uh, the man from uh, the big state of Texas. We have Kelton. How are you doing, Kelton? I'm great, Brooks. I'm doing well. Doing well. That's good. And then over in the uh, sunshine state of Florida, we have Steph. How are you doing, Steph?
1: Excited to be here, Brooks.
0: That's good. And then also tonight we have a guest host. Kara uh, couldn't be on tonight helping, as always, the clients that we have. But we have a guest host tonight that is, I consider, a little bit of an expert on our topic. Um, From also Florida, from Chicago, we have Peter Brookhart. Peter, how you doing? Doing great. Happy, happy, happy to be here. That's good. So, um, tonight we are talking about, we are going back to the other park, uh, other big park there in Orlando, Universal. Um, A few weeks ago, we talked about Mickey's Not So Scary over there at Disney, but there is also another uh, very popular Halloween celebration at Universal called Halloween Horror Nights. Um, which actually, uh, when I was researching for this episode, found out that Mickey's Not So Scary was actually, uh, created as a response to Halloween Horror Night. So Halloween Horror Night is the original, um, and going on, if I remember correctly, at Universal Hollywood for 31 years. So, uh, that's a long uh, time. Yes. Uh and they and they typically do things a little differently, uh than Mickey's not so scary. We'll get into that. But first, um we're going to uh talk a little bit about our guest host tonight, Peter. Um Peter, why don't you have one a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you for having me.
2: First off, I love Spooky Season, everything about it from not so scary to H H N to everything in between. So I'm Honored to be here. Thanks for letting me ramble with you guys tonight about this wonderful event. Uh, It holds a close place in my heart, but I am originally from Chicago. I do live in the Sunshine State now, um, strictly for the mouse. Not for work, not for family, not for anything else, but uh, originally Mickey Mouse. But now we've got a good group of friends and family down here. And now, of course, Universal and HHN. We have crossed to the dark side of the essential Florida theme park world, and we are Universal annual pass holders. I am an HHN frequent fear. Uh, holder, which we, we'll get into details in a little bit about. Uh, but I am—I'm also a social media nut. So my family and I—we—we we vlog. We're we're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We do a lot of fun stuff. We meet wonderful people like Brooks here, and all the other hosts now are in that little category as well. Um, our YouTube is me and my wife, our dog, our beautiful children all of our adventures throughout Central Florida and when we visit and are living in Chicago. So I'm happy to be here, happy to talk about Halloween Horror Nights.
1: I'm so excited. It's like a wealth of knowledge all in one screen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So like I said, we're getting to, uh, I'm just going to dive right into our episode with Halloween Horror Nights. Um, So for people that are not familiar with halloween horror nights you may be asking yourself what is this event um so again halloween horror nights is over at uh universal orlando it's um but it's also at the other U- universal parks is in hollywood japan and singapore uh but we're focusing on the orlando portion uh and With the Halloween Horror Nights, it is on select nights from September 1st all the way to November 4th. So it goes even after uh, Mickey's Not So Scary ends. And then they have 10 terrifying haunted houses. Uh, They have 5 scare zones, live entertainment. They do have um, a lot of the rides open that you can ride um of course with any type of special event that's usually themed food and drinks and then also themed merchandise um and <laughs> it is i would say a little it is probably not for the little kids with the halloween horror nights uh it where... You don't have you have to be yeah.
3: little. I mean, yeah. you could be a 32-year-old living in Texas, and it's not for them either.
1: I mean, nope. isn't there like an age disclosure, like, you know, not recommended for kids under the age of, I don't know, 13? <laughs> there is an
2: age disclosure, but there's no age limit. I did bring my son when he was about 11 months old. So, <laughs> yes. Yes. He, had he did enjoy do. it. I we need didn't bring to them know any more. Houses. Yeah, so so that year, uh my wife and I got uh Universal Premier Passes. And so for anybody who doesn't know the wonderful world of Universal AP, Premier Passes is their top tier and it actually includes one free night of Halloween Horror Nights. Um which was probably the only way my wife was going to go. Uh she doesn't like guest interaction, which by virtue Halloween Horror Nights and any kind of uh, haunted house is guest interaction 100%. Um, But there's a dance show, and she grew up a dancer, so she wanted to see that. She wanted to see the theming. She always heard about me going crazy about it. So that year, that was the only way I could convince her to go to Halloween Horror Nights. And we had our 11-month-old son, and we thought, hey, maybe if we bring the baby, scare actors will stay away from us, thereby (laughs) negating the guest interaction, because there are scare zones. You can choose to not go in a haunted house um, at Universal, but you can't really choose not to go through a scare zone. And there's, I think, five this year. And scare actors are just kind of roaming around those scare zones. And you just, you know, the more fear you look, you hold in your face, you just attract (laughs) scare actors. So we thought, let's strap a little 11-month-old baby to us and that'll keep them away because they're going to be kind-hearted young people working in Central Florida being scare actors. Nope. Uh, Actually, it was the direct opposite. Uh, I ended up having to wear the baby because we would go through scare zones and the scare actors would be all creepy, vampires, blood, guts. Fog. They would like see me and the baby and they would beeline to us. But it was also the greatest thing ever because they would get so close and they'd get like six to 12 inches away. And then the characters would be like, Hi, baby. Stop. Like they'd be in character, so creepy, doing whatever their shtick was and then get right up close to us and then want to be my baby's best friend.
1: Okay, um, I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And but I have I guess, to ask, I have to ask. How did your baby do with like the chainsaw sounds and some of the other like really loud, I guess, scary sound effects that they also do? Because you know, yeah. scary vampire with that, you know, passable, but you can't, you cannot hide from a chainsaw sound. Right.
2: <laughs> Great question, Steph. Um, we just met. You don't know how loud and obnoxious I am at home. So I it was like, "Hey, I can deal with Dad's voice. <laughs> um, a chainsaw is, is nothing, right?" <laughs> so it it was good, though. It was good. Um, Great a answer. Lot of fun. I am debating bringing, because now I've got, uh, now that, that little guy is almost three, and I've got another little baby. Uh, and I'm debating bringing them again, because we, we now live locally, and I would love to bring them to the scare zones, like when the sun's still up, because the event starts at 630, so you can get in a good hour before the sun's really gone. And I was like, all right, well, if we go on the weekend, we're in the park, we leave when it normal operating closes. Wait till six thirty, and I just kind of sneak in with them because they're so young; they don't cost a ticket. Um, I think they. Te- I think technically you would need a ticket if they were over three to the four Halloween Horror Nights, but I believe so. My yes. son's not three yet, so we're trying to sneak in all those pre three year old things, like a mm-hmm. Disney with all their buffets and stuff. So a little
1: absolutely a little hack.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's I'm still uh, not about it. Still no, not about oh, oh, it. Oh, Kelton, if I if I get an adult baby girl one and put you. Nope. So you go through.
3: Okay, I'm looking at the uh, scare map for this. Um, I can't even make it to Minion Mayhem. Uh, no, I will be at Margaritaville on City Walk. You can drop me off there. You can pick me up there, and we will Which go is back right to near the Voodoo Hotel. Donuts. It is right near Voodoo Donuts. Yeah. So that's where you can find me the entire
2: time, Brooks. That you were at Halloween Horror Nights. Well, there well, used I to mean, be a little hack too, but before two, I think two years ago, maybe it's just this year, where uh, Diagon Alley was like your safe space. Okay, hey, you got to get through some scare zones, but if you get in, and this was kind of my stri- my strategy when my wife came with me and the little little baby, and we were like, all right, we'll get in during sunlight, so it's not as as spooky. We'll get you to Diagon Alley, which is right next to where the dance show is, so you'll hide in Diagon Alley, just go on Gringotts, hang out, love your Harry Potter life. And then when it's time for the show, we'll get you into the show, see that, which is an experience in itself, and then get you out of there. Uh, not Can't do that anymore. Now they've added uh, Death Eaters. They arise from wherever Death Eaters arise from, and they go, they walk around. They're like, yeah, Diagon Alley's no, lo- there's no safe space in Universal Orlando anymore. So Kelton, just <laughs> stay in the Lone Star State, okay? just I will do the best I can.
1: We're 10 minutes in and I just, I'm having so much fun already. (laughs) This is great. So, uh, as our listeners probably know at this point, I love a little bit of history with any conversation and topic that we have. And just a quick Google search, um, Uh, speaking of when Universal first brought in Halloween Horror Nights, um, it it originally started as Fright Nights as a three-night event at Universal Studios Florida on October 25th, 26th, and 31st in 1991, featuring one haunted house called the Dungeon of Terror and a collection of shows. Isn't that interesting? I do not know that. Maybe you guys did. But, uh, you know, talking about how Halloween Horror Nights kind of, you know, began before Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween. Um, I didn't know that, didn't know this. Pretty cool. And here we are. How many horror nights do we have now? Over thirty, I think 32. this season.
0: It's thirty two this year. There we go. And especially since it's grown from just one haunted house to now ten, and then with all the scare zones. It's
1: I'm glad they added more house ha- more haunted houses, though. And I mean <laughs> You know, as Peter was saying, there's no, there's nowhere to hide anymore. Um, But there is just so much to do. And I'm really excited to get down into that, too. I know there's a lot of things to talk about.
2: Sneak in there. So a little bit more history and some speculation for any of the Universal fans. They're building Epic Universe down here in Central Mm -hmm. Florida. Mm -hmm. And I would venture to say that HHN success is one of the reasons why there's going to be a Universal Monsters land. At, there's gonna be a whole monsters land at Epic Universe, and I forgot his name, but like whatever the team is called, they're not Imagineers. We don't say that word at Universal, I guess. Um, but like the creative minds behind HHN that build the houses and everything, there was a a, a gentleman who was like the head of it for I, I think all of it until a year or two ago, and he left the the creative team for Halloween Horror Nights to go be the lead creative mind for Epic Universe. So everyone was like, all right, well we're bummed oh, wow. he's leaving HHN. We're nervous that it's going to not be fun anymore because he was so brilliant and twisted. But hey, that universal epic, epic universe and universal monsters land over there. That's going to be awesome.
3: It's going to be good. Yep. Well, that's that's awesome. So, Peter, since you guys since you go so often as so to think, can you tell Tell us and our listeners, you know, kind of what's so special? about H H M, what makes it special and you know just give us like you know
2: brief thing dates hours price you know that kind of that kind yeah. of stuff let's get the nitty-gritty out because i did homework for you guys okay and i'll give you some ups and downs and ex- explanations of why i think for anybody um, who's here for a good long vacation here anybody who's local or anybody who is down here on vacation like hey i've got disclaimer i've got two uh disney tattoos I have a Walt Disney autograph in my house. I am a Disney nut. But when it comes to Halloween, I do think Universal reigns. Um, and I, I had this discussion with some local friends and in their discussion of, hey, should we do Mickey's Not So Scary or should we do HHN? And just some simple math speaks volumes. So a single night ticket, it varies because it gets it more expensive as you start in September through actual Halloween to November 4th. The the range there for a single night is $80 to 140 for one night. Um, to put that into perspective, not that so is scary. nothing is yeah. roughly I think right now it's like one sixty 160, one sixty five and it's only going to get more expensive. I forgot what it tops out in. But like if I wanted to go tonight at Magic Kingdom, which there is one, I think it was about one sixty five. Um, well,
1: you just said it. The cheapest, quote unquote, cheapest is about eighty dollars. Mm-hmm. The quote unquote cheapest uh, Mickey's not so scary for Magic Kingdom is one hundred and ten dollars because that's what I paid.
2: for me going this year so i've just started stuff you don't even realize (gasps) now let's get into annual passes for halloween horror nights because there's multiple different tiers so september to november 4th is the event there's something really cool that i know a lot of my friends down here take advantage of and that's the rush of fear which is all dates for halloween horror nights in the month of september super great i think that's great a lot of people are a little uh strict on their halloween celebrations or like i'm waiting till october 1st that's great for you, but for the rest of us, we like to celebrate all year, long, all year long, right? And so September 1st is just fine and dandy for many people. And so the, act, the ability to get access to Halloween Horror Nights so early in the season when it's not super busy, um, when it's cheaper is great. A rush of fear pass, which like I said, gives you almost half the season. You're from opening day until the end of September, $180. That in itself is cheaper than some nights in for one not so scary. At
3: so you go three times, and it, it has more than paid for itself at that point.
2: Yep. I mean, that's... Yep. I have a friend who got that. I've got many friends who got the rush of fear, but one that I specifically... I think I've done six nights so far this season, and she did five of them with me. So she went five nights. And the only reason why she didn't go anymore is because she was going out of town for the last two weeks of September. So she did five nights for 180. And that's we kind of crushed it on most of those five nights compared to one night if Not So Scary. As literally, we were talking about it earlier in August, and she was like, Wait, she had that realization. She's like, I can go to Not So Scary, which is a whole different adventure and magic, but in reality, you're going for a parade, a stage show, and a firework show um, one night for 160 And she's like, Or I can go five nights or as many as I want for September for just as much or cheaper. Um, there's also the Frequent Fear Pass, which is Sunday through Thursdays for the whole season. So all of September, all of October, you just can't go Friday and Saturday, and for a lot of people, I would say that that's probably a smart move. You know, Halloween Horror Nights has a different vibe; it gets pretty crazy in Orlando, and it gets very busy. So you don't want to go on a Friday or Saturday. If you can make Sundays or weekdays work, that's a still great value. That's only two thirty, and then there's a, another tier, which was what I have, the frequent fear plus at two seventy. That's every date except Saturdays. Weirdly. They include the first Saturday and the last Saturday. But think about it like that. And then there's the ultimate pass, which is 375, which is any of the 48 days that you can go.
0: So, a lot That's, of different uh, options. A lot of different options. And, you know, John no now, yeah, and I'm just looking now, all of those are sold out. Yep. You don't wow. mess with HHN in Orlando,
2: it's a whole thing. That's like that. It uh, definitely is.
1: I almost, you know, it's kind of crazy to say this, but it almost feels like a pro tip because people only really think about going one night and you pay your ridiculously expensive express pass because it's the only way for you to actually be able to get through all the, you know, uh, lines and see all the different houses. Um, but it definitely doesn't seem like people talk about these different options enough. So I'm loving this. Absolutely loving this. And of course. The other thing people love to talk about with HHN is the swirled potatoes, but we'll get to that. <laughs> so we talked about prices, hours, dates, what makes it so special?
2: Okay, I guess yes. Let's, yes. let's go there. Well, we didn't do hours, so it's 6.30 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's, that that's, that's great. Wow. And that's that's I thought, I don't, you know, it might have been historically, if we want to fact check me. I think it used to close earlier, earlier in the season, like a midnight on in the first couple of weeks to 1 a.m. Then it got to two. I don't know if that's true or not, but this year I went opening night. I've gone many nights since then. It's been 6 30 p.m. to two a.m. every night. And City Walk has some options that are still open until 2 a.m. Even uh, then. So like I've left at 12 30, 1 a.m. and like the gift shops are still open, voodoo is still open. Okay, good, Voodoo. Okay, good. (laughs) So, question. Voodoo, please sponsor us.
1: If you get, like, a one-night ticket, could you potentially go in for a few hours, take a break, and then come back? Because... For some, until 2 a.m. could be a really long night, and especially if you're, we could talk a little bit more about that. But is there an option for people who are in the park during the day for them to stay in the park and then continue on into Halloween Horror Nights if they're, you know, if they have a Halloween Horror Night pass?
2: Yeah, so if you have either like a one-day ticket to Universal Studios or an annual pass, you can get in, and if you have a Halloween Horror Nights pass for that night, you can stay. And so for for event nights, the event starts at 6:30 uh, typically uh, normal park operating is till five and you can do something really cool called stain screen. And so for anybody who's in the park, there's typically, I think it's three different like corralled areas around universal studios where you have to get in the park before five and then get to that area by five. And they kind of let you kind of hang out in this area between five and they'll say till six 30, but the actual reality is they, they just wait until they sweep the park. And once the day guests are officially gone, they'll, they, they'll let you get into lines for certain houses on in houses that are near those different corralled areas before six 30. So like I've, and they'll even open up the gate really that six 30 is like, I would think their legal team is like, we have to have a start down, but it, <laughs> in reality, it's, it's as fast as the, up the park can clear normal guests after 5 PM and the rides they'll, they'll open. I've, I've been in a house, not in staying stream at six 15, six 10. Because they just were like, "Hey, we're ready. This characters in the houses. Let's open up the gates." But Stay and Scream—I haven't done Stay and Scream this year. A couple of my friends have, and it's a big, good hack if you're trying to get all ten houses. So you say you're going for one night, and you don't have a day ticket to Universal, or you don't have an annual pass. I think it's forty dollars to add Stay and Scream. So then you can get in the Universal at three PM, go ride Mummy, Minions Cafe, do something delicious, get into your your corral by five uh my friend did three houses between when she got in the corral and whenever they officially let them in the houses and actually 6 30 and they got big wow. houses i think she wow. got Chucky. she got chucky done exorcist and i think dueling dragons before 6 30 i've been to hhn before and i've only done two houses like was there from opening until close on a saturday years ago and i only got two houses done so to be able to do stay in screen for an extra 40 bucks if you don't want to commit to a full day at
0: Universal is another good little that option. That
2: seems like a no-brainer right there, right.
0: Though, you know, to add it's, on. Especially since since you said you can go to the Hollywood Studios from 3 to 5, and then at 5... Universal Hollywood Studios,
2: studios Universal. <laughs> that would be <laughs> a bit of a I... hike. I don't think the gondolas <laughs> could get you from Studios to oh. Universal Studios. <laughs> by six thirty, but we could we could uh,
0: try I mean, maybe could on the weekend. millennium
1: falcon not the yeah. gondolas <laughs> 12 par 6
2: yeah yep
3: but that's with that's without i4 traffic though you gotta really <laughs> add in that traffic
0: yep. city walk voodoo donuts i'm sorry
3: <laughs> <laughs> so now i do have so with the with this corral thing like where do they does it change every year where they kind of put you or do they tend to because you've done it in the past do they tend to i keep think them? the
2: corral spots are the same but it dictates what houses are there so like you've mm-hmm. got some traditional spots there's like the big big houses will be in the same spot stranger things is almost typically in like this stuff if you're familiar with universal orlando there's their stage area right towards the front that's usually where the biggest house usually stranger things is there this year it's the exorcist Um, Then you've got your original content houses. There's some smaller ones tucked away by Mummy and then further in the back. So I believe there's an area in the front that's kind of just for Exorcist. Then there's a spot by the Irish restaurant. I forgot what it's called. Right by Mummy, there's another corral. And then there's a corral in the back, which I think is probably the best one to do because everyone wants to do the front one because it's the lead house. So like, hey, I don't want to wait 90 minutes. I don't want to wait 180 minutes. I'm going to stay and scream that one. But if you go to the back one, you could knock out two, three, four houses back there because there's usually the the less popular ones or the original content. And we can get into that about um, original content versus IP. And I'd love to hear Steph's thoughts on that because you've done this before, right? Yes. So... um,
1: Yeah. I love Halloween Horror uh, Nights. I haven't done it. Do you want
2: to dive into that about what kind... Like there's two kinds of houses?
1: So... I'll ha- I'll let you take the lead only because since COVID I have not been. Um, when I tell you I'm being dragged to go this year, not because I don't want to, I really really want to. Um, but you're convincing me that it's so much better to do the frequent, fla- uh, freaking fear and you know be able to knock out multiple uh days in a single period, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do love Halloween Horror Nights. I feel like I've probably been going since probably won five times easily well, sh-
2: shout out to universal during the pandemic the heat of it they skipped one year well i think they like i think by obligation they had to open two houses in 2020 that they had built already i think they with like the contracts with the people who held the ip they had to open them so like they didn't even do hhn but if you like came into the park during normal operating hours you could go into the house which was kind of strange to experience but then the next year 2021 they had hhn but it was a surreal experience because in the scare in the haunted houses, the different houses, you could tell where the scare actors were. The whole concept of a of a haunted house, you should not know when you're gonna get scared. That's the best kind of scare when you don't see it coming. 2021, you'd walk into the house and there would be a shower curtain wherever there was a scare actor. So it would it would it would be clear as day. That I was like all right, boom, boom. It was just for protective purposes, but um, I think last year, this back to full normal operating without any of the extra protective means or anything, um, thankfully, but house design, let's talk house design. There's two kinds of houses. So there's 10 houses overall this year, and I would have to look up the split, but there's original content houses, which is Universal's wonderful, beautiful, sick and twisted minds created <laughs> the house. They either borrowed a story or they, they created the house and the story around it in their oh, well, own minds. I'm not
3: sure if you can put beautiful and sick and twisted in the same sentence.
2: This is why I, you won't this is why you're not gonna go to HHN because you can right. marry those yeah, two.
0: I was I was gonna say that that works just fine for me.
1: <laughs> I yeah I was, I'm right there with you.
0: <laughs> so I'm here that's for the your,
1: crazy.
2: That's your original content. That's just universal was like, hey my little design minions, go wild. Do whatever you want. And I phrase it like that for a specific reason because the opposite of that is your IP, your intellectual property. What is that? That's your your exorcist. That's your Stranger Things. That's your Walking Dead, The Last of Us. Universal doesn't per- say they didn't create that story. They don't own the rights. They have to speak to somebody. They have to go to uh, what, the Duffy Brothers. Is that who owned or created Stranger Things? They have to go to the Duffy Brothers and say, let's make up a contract. We want to do a scary house based on Stranger Things season four. And they say, yes, here's how much it's going to cost. Because what happens is Universal will go in and design the house, but then Duffy Brothers, whoever is the IP holder, has to go in. They have to walk it. They have to approve, approve or deny or request changes based on them protecting their, what they own, which is warranted. But that, that changes, to me, it changes the feeling and the vibe of the house. Traditionally, I would say your original contents are more, more scary. They're more fun. You never know what's going to happen. And then your IPs, I think they're cool. They're like walking through a set. If it's done very well and you care about the house, like Stranger Things, so many people love it. I've been through the Stranger Things house five times. I've gone, no, six times. I've gone every night I've gone. It's like walking through the episodes of season four. My first year ever, I went and saw the Saw house. It was like walking through the movie. So like, those are interesting. They're fun. They're cool because you're like, wow, they did this very well. Well, Hopefully you say they did it very well. And then the original contents are like, what am I, what have I got myself into? Disclaimer, I am a big scaredy cat. Like I went with my boss who kind of looks like Bane from Batman. He's a big, brawny, bald man. And I was like, boss man, you are in front of me every house. And I did jump up on his back at one point. A couple of years ago, there was a house called The Hive, which was based on vampires. It was an original content. Got to the last room. My dear friend, she's a Florida teacher, does amazing work. I knocked her over on the ground and I left her. I ran out of the house. (laughs) She still brings it up to this (laughs) day. And I was like, hey, you you knew what you were getting into going on HHN with me. And that's what an original content house will do to you. You will push over friends and you will leave them your <laughs> safety
1: so a personal experience and i'm gonna ask you this question peter i'm also a scaredy cat i do not like horror movies to save my life like it is just not in the cards for me i personally love halloween horror nights because i i, I don't know it's just it's just thrilling like there's so much emotion i get to scream my lungs out and then i get to run if i need to and i have that uh what is it fight or flight instincts going haywire and i remember my very first experience um and being a scaredy cat i am still always number one in line with whatever group i'm in i don't know how it happens but nine out of ten times i'm always the first in line and that's gonna be my question to you peter where are you normally when you go in through <laughs> through the houses but with my one of my first experiences my first year ever going to Howling Horror Nights was the chainsaw was I, I do not know what the house was called or anything but you know I'm going through it oh my gosh and it wasn't an IP one um it was original from Universal and I'm going through it scary haha streaming here and there and all of a sudden um when I feel like it's finally over and I'm about to walk out some actor just turns on their chainsaw right in front of me and scares the bejesus out of me and I booked it. I don't even know how far I got because I was screaming <laughs> like nobody's business. Um and I, you know, maybe I peed my pants, maybe I didn't, we will never know. But um it's just it's just thrilling just to be able to be in a situation where you can scream and cry and run and um, I love it. I love that feeling. So that being said, even though I'm a scaredy cat, I love being first and just kind of scoping the scene and they love to scare a girl. I don't know. I just feel like I always get t- targeted. But Peter, where do you like to be in your lines? I need to know.
2: We got to cover two things, Steph, because we didn't and this is we'll answer it in this because. You did ask why, what is like the emotional impact? What do I feel about h and that makes it different? And I want to touch on that. And it's kind of, I can mix it into your answer. Perfect. But I'll f- first preface that let's be honest with your listener, stuff, And our friend, two friends here who haven't been. You say you're always in front and you're scared cat. The reality is, sometimes that's the safest place to be. <laughs> now, that is a true thing. I have heard that before. So, to answer your question, I try. To go, th- I try to iterate, I love the for my friends that I'm going with to have a good time. And that's where I'll kind of transition into like the greater feeling of HHN. Because it's a different experience every time you go through a house, whether you're middle group, front group or back a group. To your point, I do like being in the front group, because sometimes you can dictate the speed of your party. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're really close to the party in front of you, if you're scared to get that's great, because you kind of look like one big group. But then sometimes I'm like, No, I want to get scared or I want my friends to get scared. We're a little too close <laughs> to look congested. Let me slow my roll. But what I happens agree. then is you'll go, if you go into like an empty room, your party got a break between your party and the next, your front. The scare actor will see you and they don't necessarily always go for you. They're like, hey, that's the lead person. Let me wait till they're like equal with me. And then I'll jump out and get like the bulk of the group. That's where I say that sometimes lead point is sometimes safe. Um, to echo what I did to my friend, I have done that before, where I was in the front and I just abandoned my party. So then, sometimes because of that, if I know i to be scared in the house, I'll actually go middle or back because I don't want to leave my fan, my my friends or my family. Because then, then I'm also alone. And if I don't do that close enough to the end, I'm now then alone by myself. And so it's a it's it's a kind of a masochistic trick that I do at times. Um, So that's what I, I I mix it up. And then for my favorite houses, when I start to get to the point of repeating, I do like to go front, um, either all the way to the front or all the way to the back, because then I'll, I'll like slow down and I don't want to hold up my party. So if I'm looking at, looking at things around the house, I'll, I'll stay in the back so that I don't, I don't stop anybody. Um, but HHN, it's a different experience. It's a different vibe than not so scary. It's a different vibe than universal. It's a different vibe than Disney for anybody listening who's been to both theme parks you can kind of tell here's the vibe of disney world and then here's the vibe of universal don't think if you've been to universal before and not been to Halloween horror nights that you know the vibe of Halloween horror nights because it is different uh, it's a different kind of camaraderie different groups of of friends show up the different expectations of the night you know i've gone with people who are like our job is to get as much done as you can because it, it, it depending on when you go in the season it's a hard task to get everything done in one night but it is possible but you have to be like on a mission there's got to be you got to be lasered in i have plenty of friends and i've done this before where it's like we're gonna go hang out we're gonna go get some beers we're gonna go get some specialty cocktails we're gonna go get some twisted taters maybe we hit a house maybe we don't it's just a vibe let's go to the dance show this year let's go find those dancing megan creepy group of <laughs> that dancers. is such
1: a creepy group right? oh i saw them all over instagram
2: and, and that's kind of why I love HHN. That's why I go back. The haunted houses are uh, are static. They're a different experience. Every time you go through a house, you could have tired scare actors. You could have fresh scare actors. You could miss a scare. You could go going with my sister-in-law versus my brother-in-law. is a different experience. Going with my coworkers compared to my, my typical scare crew is a different experience. So that's kind of why HHN rocks. It's good for a one nighter, and it's good for a whole season.
1: I love
3: that. That's great. So now let me ask. So, because you had talked about the the Megans, I think as well. So, entertainment wise, talked about that. You also mentioned this stage show that you know you took your wife to a few years back when y'all went. So, what kind of entertainment is there
2: as well? So the typical ones are gonna be your scare zones and your, your houses. So That's like your run of the mill at HHN. You're like, okay, you're walking around the park, you have to get from part, part to part. And so when we've been talking about scare zones for anybody who hasn't been, it's like a half a block distance of the park that is themed to a different story and different kind of scare characters roaming around. A Couple stages going on of like specific scare scenes, Um, just a kind of a lot of fog, a lot of eerie music. And there's different stories sometimes they incorporate into those. That's kind of like your, your base level spooky. And then your, your haunted houses are, are pretty next level. Um, they have a dance show that is more of an adult nature. They say you should be 13 and up to be in Halloween Horror Nights to be able to be scared, to go through the houses and scare zones. The last couple of years, they've had a dance show. I, I'll have to look up the name, and I can in a moment. But it is of an adult nature, more adult music, more adult themes, more adult dancing but they do that about four or five times a night. Um, it's in the stadium stage in the back of the park. Um, it is a good time if you're a big dance fan. You'd appreciate that. There's usually some contortionists and also like a, what do they call Like a bone crusher dancer that usually is there. And they change that every year to, to incorporate new music. Um, so those would be your three main areas. They used to have more of like a group dance, but they haven't had that in the last like two years outside of the stage. Um, so they do kind of try to change it and mix it this year we've got the Megans from that Megan movie where they're little clone dolls and they do a little uh, flash mob kind of sequence is what happens there so dancing, scare zones houses
0: so with all the um, with all the haunted houses and all the scare zones and dance parties, the interactions do they have any other rides that you can go on? So if for people that, you know, that they're tired of being at Margaritaville and want to ride, make, potentially ride some rides while people are in the haunted houses, are there any of those that open?
2: Yeah, and they, they kind of use it as a selling point for either people who don't want to go in the haunted houses or just times to experience attractions that might be shorter waits you think you're going to universal on a regular vacation day and you want to go on escape from gringotts and what that can be get, pour, get upwards of 90 minutes to 100 minutes and during Horror hornets it is open and i'd say on, on average i see it between 15 and 30 the entire night a couple times it'll peak around 45 if you're going closer to the weekends but on a wednesday or thursday night to Horror hornets that's a walk-on all night um rip ride rocket is open Looking at the list here, Men in Black is open. Mommy is open. And that's usually about a 20 to 30 minute wait. And that's a, one of Universal's best attractions. Transformers is open as well. Green Green Gots is yep. open. Yeah.
3: You just got to get through those scare zones. That's all you have to do.
1: I love those scare zones. They, I feel like they're just so creative and they're really fun. I mean, they do something different every single year, which I feel, you know, kind of bringing back some of the big differences between like Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party and Halloween Horror Nights. Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party typically has much of the same things every single year. I feel like what varies are potentially like the characters that they bring out, whether it be, you know, cavalcades, walking around at some of the, you know, the dance parties with the kids or even on the parade. But for the most part, it's all pretty much standard. Where with Halloween Horror Nights, you lo- get to look forward to what kind of different scare zones and themes they're going to do every single year. Same with the houses. Like, you know, more or less, that you're going to have two different types of houses, but you really just don't know what to expect. Um, and I feel like that really is a lot of the hype of going to Halloween Horn It is different, always, every single year, no matter what. You know, we've talked about Stranger Things. Haven't been a house in the past, but what it's been in the past has been based on its current or the most or latest season, I should say. So again, if you watch something like that, you know, every season is different in and of its own, um, which just makes it that much more alluring, I feel. And for me, I just, I love the scare zones. They're so fun and they really mess with you. Um, all those act, the scare actors. And I, even when I was with friends, I mean, they'll pick on, you know, me or others. So you can also, you know, if you want to be a little cheeky and be like, you know, point to someone in your group for them to mess around with, then they typically play along with it too. Cause they, that's, they get, they get excited with that too. It's not just one that goes and pays all that money. They too have a lot of fun with it and uh, it's evident. <laughs>
3: And this is why I will not be attending with you guys. 100%. Oh, oh,
1: I would totally pick on you, Kelton. Yeah, know. You know I it's, <laughs> it would be too much fun not to. Do it
2: for the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, talk. I, I like you, you bringing up the change that happens every year. And to bring into the subculture of HHN, it, it is rooted deeply. It's expanded in the age of social media. You're always following hashtag HHN32, which is this year. Um, something that they do most years but not every year is they have a host they have a host of Howling Horror Nights and this is an interesting piece that not everybody realizes and it's not consistent every year that they always have one but they've had some pretty famous ones I think they maybe the actual term not term, is icons because I think two or three I think two or three years ago they actually had a house called uh, Howling Horror Nights icons and it was a house full of these previous I, I like to call them MCs or hosts of Howling Horror Nights and this year's is. Um, a character by the name of Dr. Oddfellow, and these are all typically created by the, the sickened, twisted, beautiful minds of Halloween Horror Nights. Um, and it's it's interesting because the scare zones, they're not always easy to tell, but each scare zone is themed, and this year's five scare zones are all tied back to Dr. Oddfellow's story. So Dr. Oddfellow hosts it. There's a scaremony every night at the beginning of the event when you're standing outside the gates of Universal Orlando Park the gates are closed and there's a, look it up on YouTube sometime. There's really good videos of this little ceremony. It's a quick little like three minute thing. The host typically comes out or if there's no host, there's a recording. will come out inviting all the sick and deranged people to Holland Horror Nights because you have to be to go. And this year there's the, the classic Holland Horror Nights sign arch in the front of the park. All this fog starts, stilt walkers and weird costumes come out and Dr. Oddfellow comes out and he welcomes everybody to his show this year and explains what kind of of deranged things are going to happen with you at Holland hornets and so there's some famous names throughout the years there's jack dr oddfellow and you would have to look up the rest but there's there's been some good ones
1: they had the weekend last year right and they do um cover shows too, like concerts because i feel like people don't know that too like sometimes you'll be in line for a house and then all of a sudden you're like i mean there's always music obviously but then you just hear like this full-on rock concert going on in a venue next door and i mean there's there's quite a bit of entertainment like you you mentioned it before it's not just about the haunted houses there is a lot going on um and we love to talk about it on this podcast lots of specialty foods and drinks that is also uh very popular at halloween horror nights but that's really cool this whole ceremony i just even just hearing that that phrase gives me goosebumps
3: (laughs) i don't well talk yeah talk to us about like the you know the
2: food and drinks and i'm because i mean i keep talking about these taters (laughs) <laughs> i yeah.
1: taters i would yes. say and
2: stuff i can hand it over to you i've done plenty of the food but not done like the two classics and i would say the two classics are going to be your twisted taters and your pizza fries and they're the reoccurring specialty food options that you can only really get during halloween horror nights twisted taters is a spiraled whole potato deep fried and with some some seasoning of different flavors on it and then your pizza fries are what it sounds like French fries with marinara cheese and some pepperonis or sausage on top. But there's a couple of mm-hmm. different ones this year.
3: All right. I mean, you have my attention now. How <laughs> many scare zones would I have to get through
2: to get that? That's <laughs> kind of the question. Because, I mean, I you mentioned it knew. earlier. Kelton, I think they knew people like you existed in the world when they designed of it. Because when you look at I'm trying to think of it. I believe the only place you can get twist no, there's two places you can get Twisted Taters. One of them you have to go, it's kind of in a scare zone, but you have to go through, like I would call it one and a half scare zones. Um, the pizza fries and the big Twisted Taters is all the way in the back of the park. You're going okay. through of two or three of the scare zones. We're, we're talking like zones.
1: Men in Black. Yep. That area. Yep.
2: See,
3: well, so, yeah. I'm going to need somebody to go get them and bring them to me at Margaritaville. They
1: are so good. There is always a line for these spiral uh, taters, and there's different flavors, too. They have different seasonings. Very, very popular. Um, It's a great snack, especially because if you don't have, and we'll get a little bit more into the express pass versus not, but if you don't have express passes, um, the lines can be particularly lengthy, and we've all experienced the Florida heat. So if you can get lucky and have like a nice, cool, crisp night, and it's not so bad, but then you can also have a particularly warm and humid night where you're just suffocating. <laughs> but um, so talking a little bit still in regards to food and drinks, something that is also very popular that they do offer in these long lines are uh, blood bags. They're like cocktails that you can drink in line. And yes, you can drink in line, open drinks, all that stuff is allowed at universal. Um, so people have their fun, um, in in line or out of the line, it is allowed. So having your, you know, spiral tater, having your blood bag in line is just a great way to, you know, enhance your experience and not make those lines so terrible. But I do have here a list of some of the, um, food options that they've brought in this year. And, I'm just going to mention a few because I feel like we're such foodies here and it's just worth mentioning. Um, They have a popular one called the Left Behind Ravioli, which is a fun take on rations. Features fresh mini ravioli, fried mushrooms, and marinara. They have walking taco. The elementary school classic, a bag of Fritos with ground beef and other fillings. Peanut butter burger. Smash burger with peanut butter. Don't hate it till you try it. (laughs) on an atomic red bun because we love anything special right and if your buns are red mm, that's a good social media post um oh this one i did see this um trending and for those that saw stranger things they have the surfer boy hawaiian french red pizza and it's a pineapple spam and uh, a lot of other stuff that probably shouldn't be on a pizza, but it is. When, um, like I said, it's a very popular item to eat this year. Uh, they have the bloody campground poutine, which is fresh, uh, sorry, fries topped with Asian-inspired gravy, um, roasted pork and cha- cheese curds, fried till the end, chicken, popcorn chicken with Nashville hot sauce and ranch um mummy pop which is a cookies and cream cheesecake pop sour apple pie funnel fries we've talked about funnel cake in this in in this podcast and these are funnel fries which is funnel cake fries with apple pie filling and sour apple ice cream on top and vegan churros which is freshly fried dough sticks with vegan ice cream and coconut agave nectar now that's just some of the things that have been um Making its way onto social media, out of Halloween Hornites this year that have been really popular, and I know we love our specialty foods and drinks here. So why not
2: bring those up? This, the extremely specialty component to a lot of those is a lot of them are themed after houses and or scare zones. So the the pizza is at um, the the name is slipping me. If it has it on your list, I'm not sure, but it's it, the pizza. Like the the station you're going to is based after Stranger Things. There's yeah, a Surfer stellar, there's Boy. A, there's, a, there's, a, there's a Stellar bar there also based after Stranger Things. The the campground one, I think it was the ravioli, is based on the Yeti house. There's a haunted house, which is an original content called Yeti. Feared or the monsters of campground or the full name has to do with campground because Yetis um, are coming to your campground and coming to get you in essence so a lot of those theming parts especially the ones that end up going viral or are trending are because there's a a a cultural connection to a show or a house or a piece of it or like twisted taters is a an enigma in itself because it's just the the hhn snack that keeps coming back
1: and one last thing i want to mention about the foods and the drinks is that um most of these foods it's not like a full meal. I mean, some of the stuff that I mentioned, um, the dishes are anywhere from five to 11, $12. Drinks can range anywhere from around nine to $12. Probably a little bit more depends what you get. Um, but food booths, they will remain open until 1am, even though the park is open until two, the food booths do not. So, um, if you like late night snacks, get it before it closed because I, it's happened to me in the past where I, I'm the kind of person who I used to be oh I'll get it later I'll get it later get it later because I'm so focused on going to like this this haunted house or show or doing this show and then it's like well then I never make time for the food thinking later is going to be okay and then later is too late so if this is something that is important to you for your Halloween Horror Night trip is to try any of these popular specialty items do so earlier on in the night. At least that's my recommendation.
0: <laughs> yeah. So um, when you talk about doing everything, uh, getting those snacks earlier and everything, um, Peter, I think you mentioned earlier. You um, is it possible to do everything in one night? Um, is it realistic? Or
2: yeah. I think it is. I think it is. And it's it depends on how much drive and ambition you have, Brooks. <laughs> if you have if you set your mind to anything, you can get anything done. Not just at HHN, but anywhere in your in the world. But HHN, in a realistic way, uh I would say yes it is. It's highly dictated on what day of the week you go and when you go in the season. You go on a Friday, Saturday, even some Sundays in October, probably not. And that's, I, I will also, I'll, and Steph mentioned this earlier, this is probably where we can lead in talking about express passes. I'm going to say without express passes, because that's an extra, what, 100 to $500 extra expense, depending on how you purchase it. Um, like $500? If you're, I say $500 because you can actually add it to your annual pass, or like your frequent fear pass. You can, you can, um. you could, if you wanted to spend $1,000, you could get every, all 48 nights, express pass every night. I think that's like three sixty or three seventy five for the ticket, and I think it's four or four fifty to add express to your ultimate frequent flyer pass. But if you want it one night, the cheapest you're going to get a frequent or an express pass is one twenty seven, and that's on top of your ticket. Mm-hmm. So if you go the cheapest day, eighty dollars to get in the Helen Nights, one twenty seven is your express pass. Now, if you're only going once, you're going with friends, you're coming flying on Orlando for a, a, a long weekend, and you're going with some friends, and you want to make the most of it. And you can. There are uh, situations where, yeah, it's definitely worth the express pass. It's it's removing that fear of waiting in a two-hour line. I've gone six times, and I think I did wait once or twice for ninety minutes for different houses, which um, is steep. You know, it's it's muggy, it's hot, it's Florida. Some of these places, a lot of these places are in sound stages, uh, backstage, and you're in between sound stages, so there's no the wind isn't moving. It's just gross so express passes help with that you you it's like a the ultimate fast pass or lightning lane um but you can still wait like if you're not going to walk in to the house if it's a three-hour wait for the exorcist or stranger things you'll just wait a little bit
1: and i just wanted to mention real quick sorry to interrupt you peter as, as far as the lines go one thing that people should also take into consideration with these long lines these lines aren't pretty. It's not interactive. It's once you get probably within the, you know, the, the last two minutes of your line before you actually get into the house, maybe they'll have some st- stuff to see against the uh, walls and the exterior of the building of the warehouse. But the rest of it, you could be on a street in the back lots and just not seeing anything for 60 minutes. And it, you know, it sometimes it's just not the most fun. Um, which is when being with a group can make up for that, but something to keep in mind, if you don't have express pass and if you have to do one of these long lines, you know, prepare for that. It's not interactive. Like some of these, uh, Walt Disney world cues that we're used to having.
2: Yes. But let's talk a secret, my, my secret recipe recipe to getting all 10 houses done in a night. Uh, my advice, and this is, you'll take it as whether you're local or you're coming to vacation. Um. I love to go the first week. So the first week, it'll open on a Friday typically. That's crazy. It's nonsense. You're going for the ambiance. You're going to smell the fog. You're going to be back with your HHN family and then get as much as you can. I got three houses done opening night, but I had a great time. I think I stayed until 1245 at night. It was open until two and I'll get into the caveat of how you really get all done, guarantee all, all 10 done. But Opening night, I got three houses done, got some of the snacks, foods, hanging out with friends that you only sometimes see at HHN. My go-to, my must-do every season is the first weekday nights of the season. So it opens on a Friday. It's usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then Monday, Tuesday, that following week, it's not happening. And then that Wednesday and Thursday, you're talking the first Wednesday, Thursday of September. A lot of people, that is too early to celebrate Halloween or get into your spooky vibes. It's a weeknight. Not everybody can manage going and staying out of the theme park until 2 a.m. if they have work the next day. If they're on a family vacation, they're like, do I want to be that exhausted? To me, I've done, I've gone and done that probably four different seasons in the past six years where I've gone those two, one or two midweek first week. And it, it has been empty before. I did that this year. Wasn't as slow, but I will say both of those nights the Wednesday and Thursday, first of, of the season, I got seven houses done each night. And I could have gotten the last three if I wanted to stay until two. I'm older now. I got kids. My back hurts in that in those lines, as Steph said. They're boring. They're hot. They're muggy. Sometimes you get sick of just being near that close to other humans. So uh, we called the quits around 1230 both nights. So I definitely could have gotten all 10 houses done each of those nights. You're talking repeating every house in two visits. Um, so it can get done. Now, any other time of the the season, I want to exclude Saturdays from my analysis. If you stay till two a.m., there's a really good, if you get there and you're there at six thirty and you're staying till two, you have to. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You front load three three houses, three to four houses in the first hour. Probably three is more realistic. If you like, boom, 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 hang out, get your snacks, go on Gringotts, go on Mummy, maybe do the dance show, do a bunch of the fun stuff. Because between I'd say 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, your your peak times, even the houses that aren't that good are are an hour and a half. But once you hit 12.15, 12.30 in the morning, you realize they start dropping. And then between 1 and 2 a.m., a lot of the houses, 10 minutes. And you're talking, now you're talking just a game of distance and travel. Because these houses are spread out through the park. You'll have a a grouping of three or four in the front, and then another three or four in the back, and then random placed ones in between. So at that point, a ten minute walk is you're basically walking the queue, um, getting on, getting through the house, and then running to the next house. So you go at six thirty, you stay till two a.m. Outside of Saturdays, so that's a really good bet. Just know that you have to put in a lot of work in the front, and a lot of work at the end, and get some coffees in between your your fancy cocktails and and blood bags. <laughs>
1: That's a good tip. Thank you. Now, what would you say on average are the uh, wait times? Now and we know Saturday is a different beast in and of itself. It's Saturday, let's be real. But if you were to kind of, you know, put a guesstimate, what would you say? Like
2: forty five minutes.
1: Across the board for both types of houses or
2: Yeah. Like if you're, if you're averaging now stuff, you don't, I don't know if you know something, I'm a data guy. Okay. I'm an analytics dude. What I do in my, my, when I'm a, yes, let's see up. the numbers. I and love so this. I, I would say if you took an analysis across your 6 30 PM to 2 AM, all the houses averaging that whole wait time, I would say probably 45 minutes because, um, of course you're going to get 190 minutes at some points for the last of us. I mean, that thing mm-hmm. took culture by storm. I think it made HBO Max so much money. Um, Stranger Things, always a big one, right? So those those ones, if you f- see that before 60 minutes, drop what you're doing, throw your Twisted Tater on the ground, and you run to those, right? But then your Yetis, your Blood Moons, what Chucky should be, things that are like 20 minutes on average, right? So it, across all the houses, across all the time frames, you could go, I'd say 45 minutes is an average. Now, when you think about that, you're going to the bathroom between houses, you're walking between houses, you're getting food, you want to go see Harry Potter because you love it. Um, When you think about that, you only have 6.30 to 2.00. So that's, what is it, eight hours. If that's on average, you can maybe get one house done an hour. Any other stops in there for food, if you want to do a sit-down table service because there are some that are open, quick service rather than just snacks, um, it gets to a point where you can't. You know, you're only going to do Without really running around, you you, you know, on not putting too much pressure, you're doing five or six houses in a in a good night. Um, can you do ten? Yes. Can you go and have two? That happened to me before. I'm still bitter about it, but I'm fine. I'll get over <laughs> it eventually. But it but it sounds like you know we ha- now that we have that
3: this adult money. I mean that that express pass. That's the way to go if you really want to if you want to sit and enjoy the you know the snacks the popular foods and still get you know maybe eight to ten of the houses done drop the adult money yeah. buy the express pass and knock it all out for all you crazy people
2: <laughs> and i, I on, completely Kelsey. agree that it, it is worth it it's just mm-hmm. certain nights um it's it's a big expense, and like for me, I go by myself, so like maybe that expense is easier for me. But if a family of four or five is going, like you're talking, uh, two parents and kids, and they all decide to go yeah. together, which you do see, I see strollers, I see uh, parents with teenage children going there. You're talking, you know, five or six passes, admissions to get in, plus five or six express passes. That's steep. You're talking thousands of dollars for that one night but hey grown-up money just us you know we're all going all four of us are going to meet up and we're going to hang out there i did so i did that three years ago i was living in chicago at the time not down here and i forgot the circumstances and i knew i was only going to go one night that season and all of my typical hhn friends weren't meeting me out there do i still hold that over their heads yes um but I was standing in front of the 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 park waiting for the when to happen and I'm like, I have nobody to do HHN with. Was I not gonna go, no, I do HHN by myself. That's fine. And scroll a lot of TikTok and Twitter in forty five minutes in a queue. Watch a lot of YouTube um in that time. But I did find I did I found two of my friends that were there and I was like, Hey, let me crash and they're like, That's fine. Yeah, we look the more the merrier. It's H and everyone's more welcoming, I feel at HHN. You could find strangers in the queue because that's all you do is wait. Hour, like minutes and hours in between you become friends with people around you but misery I out, loves company exactly but i got a weird twist of faith that night found two of my friends i'm like can i crash they're like yeah of course i'm with them for like 10 15 minutes I'm texting my wife and i'm like don't worry i found friends um and then they're like oh hey we forgot to tell you we have express for tonight and i was like ooh. So then I had a choice, do HHN by myself that night, or just fork up the adult money to do HHN or to do the Express Pass add-on. Because you can go there, you can add add on your Express. If you're there that night on a single ticket, you can, like most theme park stuff, upgrade it to a a different kind of tiered pass. My friends have thought about upgrading their Russia Fear to the October pass as well before the month ends. And so that night I did, I threw down the adult money and I I got Express Pass and it wasn't A wonderful experience, Um, having just to walk past everybody in the queues and cry inside the houses. But I was comfortable and I didn't wait in lines. I think that actually made it worse, being able to go from haunted house to haunted house to haunted house. You didn't have that break of like, okay, now I got at least an hour to like get some water, calm my nerves, look up a Mickey Mouse short on my phone while I'm waiting another 50 minutes in queue before I have a Scare Rector in my face screaming at me with, with fake blood and a subwoofer behind the wall shaking my body. Doesn't no it sound fun, to guys? to control the heart rate. <laughs> no. I love it. No, it I'm doesn't. I'm so
1: excited. <laughs> so, okay. We're getting towards the end of the night here. If What is your favorite thing from this year's Halloween Horror Night?
2: Blood Moon. It's a haunted house. It's an original content. I'll pull up the description now. It's my favorite house of all ten. If I only of ever all go back, all time,
1: and, not just of all, this no, year, of all ten. Oh, <laughs> gotcha.
2: It might be, Steph. It might be my favorite of all time.
1: Wow. All right. I'm, I'm one, all ears. What is there was this one about? Called the
2: Hive a couple of years ago, and it was like vampires meets cornfield, terrifying. But I think this one takes it. So this is called Blood Moon Offering, Dark Offerings. Here's the description. And if you don't, if you go to universal, if you go to HHN, get the app. It has all the times on there. And when you go to them, you can actually read the little briefing and you will be tickled at the little stories that they add behind the scare zones and the houses and everything. I like to know that. I'm a detail-oriented person. Um, does that get me in trouble at times when I'm like standing in a room and I'm like, I want to see all this stuff on this table? And then my friends are like, go, run. Yes. So the description for Blood Moon Dark Offerings. Colonial colonial era villagers begin to worship the moon, hunting down any non-followers. Try not to become part of their grisly offering. So that's the description. Ooh. Now, not to ruin anything because there's a, there's so much the the scene is you're walking into a stage or a sound stage and you see the blood moon and you are outside of a village. You you literally it looks like you're outside, it's dark, there's buildings in the in the landscape, and you see the blood moon. And now they're like, oh, great, great. Now just start walking through these villagers' houses. And it, it's for anybody who's seen the movie Midsommar, uh very sick and twisted movie. Any children watching this or listening to this, do not watch that movie. Any adults with brain cells left, don't watch Midsommar. It's, it's a pretty freaky movie. But if you have, it's like the old Nordic... Um, Low key vibing historical cult stuff mixed in with colonial era era US all in a house. And all I'll say is there's different kinds of scares when you talk about H10. There's jump scares, there's like gory scares, there's just like classic, like chainsaw things running at you. My biggest fear is not knowing what's a human and what's a mannequin. And just to set the stage in this house, at one point you walk into a back of a church. And you see these, you see these pews with these hooded figures and you're looking at that and you're like, well, I got to go to the altar because the door's to the left of the altar. I don't know which ones of these hooded sickos is just a mannequin or a scare actor. And I'll tell you what, I've been through the house six times and I swear to you, I think they change it because every time a little piece of me stays behind, I get like one or two pews in and then I'm running out of there because boom, that one's not a mannequin that's a real person and they come and scare you. Boom, no that one is. And then you leave that to go to a room that's empty and you're like, okay. You walk through this little room and then the next room, standing people hooded, turned away from you. You're like again? Again? And at that point I don't even try anymore. Guys, I just run. I'd run out of there. And luckily it's towards the end of the house. Um but it's an original content. It is beautiful. It is wonderful. It is my favorite of the season and maybe I mean,
0: you had night. you had me sold
2: yeah i'm ready the to pews and there's a, there's
0: the a pews. good story
2: too not to get all cheesy about that but i like the story and the detailing behind it i won't talk about all of it for anybody who wants to go through the house but like there's some really cool scenes the feature that you see the blood moon at one point there's almost like a quasimodo person ringing a bell like way up up top like 30 feet above you and you're like how does that even happen are we really outside or are we in a sound state i thought we were at a theme park but that's a guy ringing a bell at a church over there. It works. I'm here
1: for it. I'm here for it. My body's ready. (laughs) Good. Take, take some cough drops with you for your next Halloween horror night trip, because you're from all the screaming, your throat will be dried out. That's for sure.
3: (laughs) But it goes to show the, the detail that universal and AJ Jen put into, you know, these houses. So I, I mean, I'm all for the detail, and that that's great. But I'll see it, you know,
2: see it from the pictures, Kelton or anybody <laughs> on here. I don't know if this was planned, but that you got You just had a great transition into one of my. There's not many tips outside of my timing tips, but I got one tip that I haven't tried, but my friend did, and then something about details that your listeners should know about. So my one tip, I haven't tried this, but my, a bunch of my friends, because we're all getting older, now my friends I go with are getting older, and one of my friends who loves it but is a scaredy cat like me is like, hey. I heard if you go in with, with like noise canceling headbuds or earbuds, like you're at a construction site, that helps because the, some of these scare actors are behind a wall. They'll jump out and they hit a button, and there's a subwoofer, so they're not really screaming at you, but a noise, a deep tone, decibel noise is ca- shaking you. Because so if like you put that in, I'm not scared as much. I'm able to enjoy it a little bit more. So if you, if loud noises affect you, some some earbuds is good. I haven't tried it myself, but I've been told it's great. But your details thing. There are two different tours that people should know about. There's the RIP tour, which is during the event. It's basically like a VIP tour during the event. you walk up all the you you get a tour by a, a team member from Universal. you walk through right skip all the lines, go right into the houses, you get to learn a little bit of details. I think there's some other food and beverage things that are included in that and I think that is around 300 at Universal during the day, you do not need a ticket for HHN because you're not going to the event. What you're doing is you're going through each of the houses, learning about the details of the stories with the lights on, with a team member that knows everything about HHN through like the back of their hand. And I haven't done one of these yet. I really think I want to. And this is how I think I'm going to get my family to go. My wife would love it. My toddler would love it. My baby would love it. And that's what I really want to do. Cause I like to go once I do the houses enough, cause I'm a frequent goer like multiple times during the season. I like to love the details. I like to go through them like, oh, my God, look at that. That's from the movie. Or, oh, my God, they actually have a blood moon in the house called Blood Moon. And then I start going through them like, well, I know the scare actors are like 30 feet over there. So now I can like peacefully look at these posters. There's a a house dedicated to Universal Monsters. There's features the Invisible Man, Phantom of the Opera, Hunchback. And there's one other one I'm missing. But like I love that because I know the history of those old Universal movies. And so they play those little details into there. So to be able to do a tour during the day for ninety bucks or more, and not have scare actors, have the lights on to see all the details would be wonderful. So, any of you listeners have uh, done the unmasking tour? Let us know. Give us your feedback on if you've if you've loved it.
3: I am all about that. No, that no scare actors, lights on. I will pay to do that, in a in a heartbeat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want to see you go to that, Kelton. <laughs> I'll do I'm that also, one. Cu- I'm also curious. Are a lot of these um, props? I mean, I know there's we have IP and we have original content, but um, I wonder if these props are from movies or if it's all just created specifically for Halloween Horror Nights. If anything's recycled, do you know by any chance, Peter?
2: I don't know about the movies, but I know a bunch of the the larger pieces are used over and over again. So like I, I don't think it's used this year, but there's like a famous like crooked walkway where you're like very disorienting. It's kind of like one of those tunnels you're walking through with all the circlings around you where it's like a, like a, like a 60% gradient sideways. So you, there's no way for you to walk steadily through it, which you're already disoriented with how dark it is. There's creepy sounds. There's creepy smells. Now you can't, you don't even have level footing. They've used that in multiple different houses. I remember one year it was in the original Yeti house. Um, so you're walking through like a, what, what you imagine is like a frozen environment and now you're walking unsteadily. And then I think the next year they had it in a different original content where you're like walking through a shipwreck, which works right. One year it's in this icy unexposed environment. and The next year it's in a broken house or a broken ship. So of course it's crooked. It's, it's smashed on the beach. You're walking through it and you're disoriented. So like, that's another famous piece. Um that has been coming through, but I don't know about movie sets or anything. I do know sometimes pieces post HHN will show up in Central Florida market houses, warehouses, whatever you'd like to call them. Um, And so there are places you can purchase and then Universal does sell certain signs and props from the houses throughout the year at some of their different shops.
1: That's awesome. And so you mentioned or used the word disoriented. Maybe that could be a good segue. Um, What tips do you have for visitors? Like, are there a map? What could they use? Is there, is the, does the app work for Halloween Horror Nights? And then, so that's one question. But then also, do you have any tips for people who might be afraid of the haunted houses? What can they do to prepare? Um, What, do you have any tips pre-Halloween Horror Nights? Like pre-entering the gates that you suggest doing? And then I feel like that might be the last question of the night, perhaps.
2: That's a good question. And I've got a couple little ones. Um, for any of the IP houses, they release the houses because it's such a, a social media cult following. They actually do them on Twitter usually or on, and, and on the website, um, sometimes starting even six months before. Like they'll, they'll hint at how many houses around Christmas time this year, how many they're having for next year because it's a whole year event of design and construction. So for any of the IPs, Watch the the shows or the movies to kind of realize what you're getting yourself into. Um, sometimes they play twisted tricks on you and you can't. This year they have Exorcist of the Believer. That movie's not out yet. It comes out in two weeks. It's been to the house three or four times now. movie's not even out yet. Um, but for any of the IPs, go watch the stories. See what you're getting yourself into. The earbuds, the noise-canceling ones, is a huge helpful because that will help you with your jump scares. Um, if you're going at 6.30, wear sunglasses and keep those sunglasses on in the queue and until you get a good 20 feet into the house. Every house there, you will have like an entranceway where there's no um, you, It's sunny in Florida. If anybody didn't know, uh, that, that happens. And the first two hours of the night can be very disorienting. When you're in a queue, it's sunny, you're hanging out with friends and you walk into a building. You're basically going through a house blind then because your eyes haven't adjusted to the pitch blackness. So what I do is I wear sunglasses, I have my hat on, I wear my sunglasses, and then I take them when I've gotten like a good 10, 20 feet into the house before we get into the first like structure where there's clearly a scare. Then I'll take the sunglasses off and now I can actually see someone is around me. Because once you do one, two or three of these houses, you kind of know that's probably a scare actor over there. That looks like a curtain. That's pretty obvious. Something's going to jump out and try to eat me. Like So that'll that'll help you. And if you're really a scaredy cat, guess what? Don't be in the front. Be all the way in the back. Grab the person in front of yours their shoulders and put your head down and look at your feet. You'll still have fun. You'll hear your friends crying. You may hear hear your brother-in-law screaming and jumping over people and knocking into strangers. You're still going to have a good time. Just turn off your peripheral vision if you can do that. I feel like that's not a normal thing, but I feel like I can. After all these years of HHN, because I'm a scaredy cat, so sometimes I definitely will put my hand on the on the shoulders of the person in front of me, look straight at my feet, and just. Shuffle through the house. That's what I would tell you.
1: I will say one last thing uh, to wrap things off. Um, For those that don't know, none of the actors, none of the scarers can touch you. They can only spook you. They cannot touch you. So if you're afraid that they're going to grab you and start shaking you until, you know, you're complete lost consciousness, they can't do that. (laughs) They will not actually kill you, they will not actually eat you. they will not actually touch you in any way. So I feel like that's a good good tidbit to end <laughs> the horn night episode um unless Calton Brooks do you guys have any last minute questions for our awesome uh guest host Peter?
3: Nope, I'm
0: nope
3: find me <laughs> at Margaritaville
0: <laughs> no th- I've been wanting to. Go to Halloween Horror Night. This has just made me want to go even more.
1: I agree completely. Oh gosh, you know, prior to to recording this episode, I was like on the fence, like, do I really want to go this year and and go to Halloween Horror Nights and spend the money? And after this episode, I'm like, yes, yes, I do. So, Peter, thank you. I'm now once again going to be under my budget.
2: Very welcome. You'll have to let me know when you when you go. Maybe I can absolutely sneak over. Um Absolutely I love it. I go whenever I can. I, I have will a lot let you of know. IOUs to my wife for taking care of the kids while I'm out there. I've even thought about because it's open till two, i'm like, okay, can I put the kids down and then go? I've left at twelve seeing people arrive to Holland it's that late.
1: Wow. Well you said it yourself. Um Some of the ride lines, or not the ride lines, the house lines are pretty low, so you could probably sneak in a few at that time. So that's awesome.
0: Well, folks, that about does it for this week's episode of the Mouse Ears Podcast. Don't forget to join our Mouse Ears Podcast Facebook group, and then also our Instagram page, Mouse Ears Blog, for all the latest news and episode details. And then also, if you're interested in having one of our wonderful agents book your next trip, whether it is to Mickey's Not So Scary or Halloween Horror Nights, visit com or send us a DM. Um, and then also, uh, Kelton, where can they find you uh, to send you a message on where to find you in Margaritaville? So uh, I'm on Facebook at
3: Fairytale Journeys by Kelton, and then Instagram and TikTok at FTJ Travel by Kelton. or margaritaville probably
0: at the uh the airplane bar steph where can they find you uh
1: they can find me on facebook at fairytale journeys by stephanie Gentile, or on instagram at ftj by stephanie pg
0: all right you can find me at on facebook at fairytale journeys by brooks and then also on instagram and on tiktok at ftj by brooks and then last, but certainly not least, Peter, where can they find you?
2: They can find me at Halloween Horror Nights, most nights, except for Saturdays. So just look for a little scaredy cat whenever you go. Um, I will hang out. And you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Brookhart Project.
0: Thanks for having oh. me, guys. Oh, oh, absolutely. It's been, it's been great. It well, pleasure. Yes,
1: I, I'm so happy with this episode. <laughs> not scared <laughs> at all. <laughs>
0: And then, lastly, if you like listening to us, we love to we love to hear from you and uh, leave us a review wherever you're listening to us, whether that is on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Uh, until next episode, thanks everyone. Have a good night. Bye, everybody. See you.